0: Welcome in to episode 32 of the Print Fest DFS podcast. My name is Justin Rue, alongside Scott Bainey. We're here to break down our week for DraftKings cash lineups. And uh, we got absolutely fucked. I mean, there, there's no two ways around it. Um, we played bad. We got absolutely smoked. And we're here to break it all down. Scott, what's going on?
1: It's not good, man. This is the worst start to the season I've had. I'm now one and three. Like, this has been a really rough start. And yesterday, we weren't even close to contention at no. all.
0: No, I didn't even swap. We got shit on so bad. I didn't. I didn't even care. I was like, we're. I was like, we're dead anyway.
1: <laughs> yeah, to be fair, even if we swapped, I actually did have a swap I wanted to throw in, but I didn't get it in the time because I didn't realize some of the games started before or five. It just slipped my mind. I had a DeAndre Hopkins Hollywood Brown swap, um, but it wouldn't have made a difference because Hopkins didn't do anything. So. Uh, yeah, it was just a beach on yesterday. Like, we didn't have a sweat at all. We just knew we were completely fucked. No, it was never.
0: So. Yeah, so let's just start at quarterback. So we both ended up playing Justin Fields. I think we ended up playing a 2v2. Uh, I had Chuba Hubbard in an Eagles defense, and you had Odell Beckham and uh, Lions. It both ended up being the same. Uh, we scored half points. Line of catch was 137, like we said. We got absolutely trucked. Nice thing is it's double up. That's the way it is. If you finish last place, you make no money. If you finish, you know, one point in the line of cash, you still double up. So, uh, I mean, it is what it is. Some weeks you win, some weeks you lose. And uh, this is kind of the way it goes. So we started with Justin Fields, a quarterback. We went back to the well, um, and, he, and he did it to us again. Um, the thing is, the, the tilting part about it is, is that, you know, he had a good game from an NFL standpoint. They won um, – he was really efficient. I think he had like 12 yards per attempt. He only had 17 passing attempts, but he threw for 209 yards. Um, problem is he didn't run much at all and he didn't throw any touchdowns. And with that, he only scored 8.2 points. So, I mean, obviously it's not good enough. 5.2 K um, you know, we're expecting at least 15 or so. Um, so I, that, that was just just a real punch in the face. Cause he played well. This just not enough volume for him. They just wanted to really lean on the run with Dave Montgomery who absolutely smoked us because Dave Montgomery was upwards of 30% in cash games and, and Justin Fields was under 5%. So, um, you know, we were getting leverage on the field by playing fields over Montgomery and end up just completely
1: destroying us
0: when Montgomery scored twice.
1: Yeah. And this was a great spot for fields too. And that is the tilting part is that not only did fields play well, but like, what is the deal with with the Bears and his rushing like nine yards rushing we play him for this like phantom rushing floor that just doesn't seem to exist with Natty and fucking Bill Laser. like what are you doing that he's only getting nine rushing yards in the game I think he had like eight last week or something like what, what is going on like this dude ran a 4-4 he's an amazing athlete now I know it like, they didn't really get threatened by the Lions and all in this game, which also hurt his upside. But, yeah, watching Montgomery just, you know, scatter his little ass in the box twice while we're sitting here with Fields at sub-5%. or five uh, 5%. Like, it really hurt us, especially when Dak and Hurts and everyone else, all the other own quarterbacks just went off. So, um, that alone kind of killed us. That put us way behind. Um so yeah, it's just it's hard to play fields no matter what his price is right now because he doesn't he just doesn't have a rushing floor that we played for.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um yeah, and I hope people played Hertz. I called him my windmill of the week and I think he put up 31 points on the Chiefs. So uh hopefully people that were listening to this were on Jalen Hurts this week. Moving over to running back, um Derrick Henry, he was the lock of the week. He ended up being the chalkiest player on the slate, he was 8,800. Um, taking on the Jets without A.J. Brown, no Julio Jones. He totally smashed, 28.7 points, got into the box. You know, he touched the ball like 35 times. He's just – he he's just such a lock every week at this point um, with him, you know, being involved in the passing game enough. You know, he had another two receptions for 20 yards here. It used to be Derek Henry would catch either maybe one ball or not catch a ball at all. Um, and now he's actually getting targeted, you know, three or four times a game, which is enough when he's getting – you know, 25 to 30 carries a game. So, uh, yeah, Henry, I feel great about the process on him. The results were great. Uh, I I feel good about Henry.
1: Yeah, when Julio and A.J. Brown got ruled out, it was pretty impossible not to play Henry, especially against a really bad Jets team. Like, we knew they were going to lean on him at least as much, if not more, than they had the previous three weeks. I'm not sure how many touches he had, but his rushing prop was like 120 two-and-a-half or something. Mm-hmm. something. It was in the 120s, which is – I've never seen anything like that before, which is wild. Um, yeah, and with how bad running back is, you just had to play him. Like had, I had a lineup without him that would have gotten absolutely stomped because I had Calvin and Adams in it instead of Henry. So, yeah, you just had, we right now with no CMC, we're just going to have to play him every week.
0: Yeah. So – we went with John DeAndre Swift and we talked about him on Friday night. So at 6,200, we know what kind of passing game really has where he's averaging like seven targets a game. And we know it's probably going to be good game script here, taking on Chicago. They're probably losing Chicago is three and a half point home favorites. So you know, typically we like to play running backs where they're home favorites, but for pass catching running backs like this, where it's going to be a negative game script, we, you know, just so many dump offs from Jared Goff, Um, And Swift ended up having six targets in the spot, caught four balls for only 33 yards. I mean, the bad part is he's really inefficient on the ground, only eight carries for 16 yards. And he got out carried by Jamal Williams, which, you know, I kind of expected they, they basically split 50 50 on the ground. Um, but the biggest thing about Swift is that receiving role and on DraftKings with it being full PPR. Um, yeah, I, I really did feel fine about the play and he ended up playing 73% of snaps, which was actually a season high for him. It um, just ended up getting there. He only scored 8.9, kind of hit his floor, but, yeah, I, I'm willing
1: to go back to the play. Yeah, I mean, he was up there. He ran, I think you said, like 33 routes, he played like 73% of the snaps. Like, everything was there for him. It's just, you know, variance hit with Swift this week. Um, I don't feel bad about this play at all. Um, like, he still had four receptions. Like, that. that's fine. But the 8 for 16 kind of lowered his four a little bit. But um, that's kind of – what you get when he played Alex like Swift, but process wise, everything was lined up well It's just bad variance.
0: Yeah, he's too cheap on DraftKings. He's like, I mean, he's right there. To me, he's right there with Eckler. His usage coming into this game was exactly like Eckler's, you know, where he's getting around, you know, 12 to 15 carries and also getting like six to eight targets. I mean, that is a DraftKings running back that you want, especially a negative game script. So, you know, he ran a little bad. I, I don't feel bad about the play. I think that he was fine. Um so Devontae Adams this guy is just a total smash every week he only only ended up going 6 for 64 in this spot uh I believe he was the highest owned wide receiver on the slate with 37.9% owned only scored 12.4 points I mean I am not even really sure what to say on this one what are your thoughts on this on this play uh I,
1: honestly I don't know like he still had 11 targets. He only had 83 air yards. He still had, um, you know, 31% target share. Um, it just, you know, the connection wasn't there with Rodgers like it is usually. Like, if you think you're going to get 11 targets from Adams in a game where they scored 27 points, you'd think that he would have done a little bit more. I mean, he didn't get in the box. You know, he didn't approach the bonus. Six or 64 really is, you know, it's pretty close to his stone for with the role that he's been seeing. But, again, it's just bad variance, like 11 targets. That's completely fine. We're never going to expect 18 every week like like he saw last week. So, I don't know. Playing him obviously hurt. But, you know, he was fairly high-owned. You know, Cup didn't do anything. Diggs wasn't owning cash. So, all the the high-priced receivers, they kind of just did nothing except for DJ Moore, who we'll touch on a little bit. But, again, I think it was just one of those days.
0: Yeah. So his other two wide receiver spots uh, went with Amari Cooper, and Robert Woods. So you know, Robert Woods, he basically did nothing until the fourth quarter uh, and then started getting targets Ended up getting into the box. I mean, so he kind of sucked out there uh, scoring 14.8 by getting the box late. He was 5.3 K. So, I mean, I guess he was fine, um, but I mean, he absolutely did nothing. And really this is Cooper cups, offense, uh, Cooper cup ended up, Having another 13 targets. This is his offense. I, I think that, you know, we talked about on Friday that it's, you know, we kind of expect Cooper Cup to come back to earth a little bit and Robert Woods to kind of close the gap a little bit here between the target share. But I, after this game, this is four weeks of data that we have now that's showing that Cooper Cup is the clear alpha in this offense. He has over 30% target share in every single week. Um, so Cooper Cup is the clear alpha. Robert Woods is, um, not as big a part of this offense as we originally thought and there's probably a reason that he's 5300 so um he's still to be fine as a play at that price but um his ceiling is basically gone at this
1: point yeah I agree I'm going to take a wait and see approach with with uh Robert Woods moving forward you know he was out there for the exact same snap shares cup you know he's out there for 95% of the snaps but Target wise, like Cup again, dominate 113. Woods only had six. Then um, Jefferson and Hidmey also had six. So it's just cu- It's a clear connection between Stafford and Cup and then everyone else is kind of getting sprinkled in. So, yeah, it's going to be wait and see from here on out. This was a great spot for him. A 5.3 K. We've never seen Bob Trees this this cheap, but I just can't do it anymore. with him. Yeah.
0: And then with Amari the Cooper, I thought he was extremely underpriced. I'm really surprised he was only 18% home. At 6K, at home, in the dome, we know his home road splits. Like, I mean, he only ended up having three receptions for 69 yards. He did get into the <laughs> box on that 35-yard uh, touchdown. Kind of surprised he only had three receptions here. Um, but ended up scoring 15.9. I mean, didn't end up getting there at 3X salary, but 15.9 isn't terrible for a guy that was 6K. Not exactly what I expected, but I, I honestly I, I would play him again at six K. That's just it's pretty cheap. Thing is, I think that the um, that the Cowboys are starting to um, lean into the run a little bit more than they were last year. I mean, last year, I mean, their pass rate over expectation was like right up there with the Bills, like at top of the league. Um, Bills and Chiefs. But now, I mean, they're kind of settling in and they're kind of running the ball in spots where they can, um, which is probably a smart way to play. You know, week one, they didn't run the ball at all because they're playing at Tampa Bay. So they decided to throw the shit out of the ball. And, and Amari Cooper and Lamb went absolutely ham. Um, but the last couple of weeks when their their play has kind of came down and they're starting to run the ball a little more, Dak's not throwing as much. Dak is still playing out of his mind efficiently, efficiency wise. But, you know, they're just not throwing enough. For these receivers to really get enough uh, raw volume, even though their target shares are, you know, twenty five to thirty percent, um, so you know, it, I, I still feel fine about the Amari Cooper play. Six K was too cheap for him.
1: Yeah, six K for Cooper at um, home, like you, you hit on the home road splits. It's well known to this at this point. It is worth mentioning that Cooper did end up getting hurt. And he, ended up, he ended up missing a couple series, and we ended up playing 47% of the snaps compared to Lamb's 80. Uh, so that definitely, you know, decreased the ceiling a little bit. That, that kind of speaks to why only three targets. But in general, they just didn't throw the ball much. They really leaned on the run, and in games where they're leading, they really are just feeding Zeke and Pollard. So. And it's working uh, outside of the Bucks game. So, yeah, just something to monitor moving forward. We're going to need to try to target these guys in spots where we think it'll be a for sure shootout or, you know, a spot where uh, they'll be, you know, trailing a little bit. But this defense is much improved from last year. So just something to uh, remember moving forward.
0: Yeah, then we have to touch on D.J. Moore. So D.J. Moore was, um, you know, we I, we talked about him on Friday, we talked about what kind of volume he's seeing. He's right up there, tops of the league, top five in weight opportunity rating. Um, and we know the kind of targets that he's getting. He's an absolute alpha in this offense. Um, you know, we end up pulling off him because we were afraid of the wide receiver cornerback matchup with Trevon Diggs, and, um, you know, that's, that's, that's bad. That's bad on us. We, that's just um, bad. If we, we, we really – you know, volume matters so much more than wide receiver cornerback matchup, and Trevon Diggs ended up, you know, having two interceptions in this game and played his ass off. So it didn't matter because D.J. Moore – uh, got in the box twice Got over 100 yards Put up 35 points on us um, And he was over 30% owned So between that and Dave Montgomery um, yeah, That basically put the nail in the coffin for us Moving forward What we need to prioritize is volume And just stop worrying about wide receiver cornerback matchups They do not matter
1: Yeah, this is another spot where it's just TJ Moore's the true alpha Sam Darnold doesn't really care about any other, anyone else Robbie Anderson did see a little bit of a positive regression with 11 targets, but it's still I DJ Moore saw another 12 targets or so. You uh, know, I had a 2v2 Sunday morning. It was Adams and Woods versus DJ Moore and CD Lamb. Ended up going with Adams and Woods because I, I, you know, I liked the, the floor and ceiling combo a little bit better there. Uh, and it sucks. Cause even if I would have went with more land, land did nothing. And I played Justin Fields and you know all the other quarterbacks smashed so it wouldn't matter i wouldn't have come close to line the cash even if i went that route so uh yeah this is just this is just a really bad fade uh, i there's nothing more i can say but i was just really bad yeah
0: um yeah all the all, all the pain i mean that's that's just a stab in the chest we love yeah. we love dj more and um yeah that's that's just bad it's bad when he when he does not see you and, Other people have him. You don't. You know he's a good play, and you know you just you didn't play him because you're afraid of a matchup. And it's just it's weak. It's weak. And uh, and we and we deserve the punishment that we got for it. Our bank accounts are feeling it, uh, and that's just kind of the way it goes. Moving over to tight end, uh, we punted off of Will Disley. We talked about on Friday. No Gerald Everett. You know he was two point six k. This is this is what punt tight ends do. I mean, if they don't get in the box, they're going to fail. He scored two and a half points. They had two targets two receptions, five yards. I mean, it is what it is. <laughs> I, I honestly don't feel bad about it. I would do it again. Like it tight ends things. I'm fine with punting it off. If he scores a touchdown, it's pants off. If he doesn't, it is what it is. I mean, it's a tight end. It, it's punt it off. Who cares?
1: Yeah. It just didn't matter. Like he was the highest owned tight end on the slate. You know, Evan Ingram didn't really do much either. Um, outside of those two, there wasn't really anyone that got played like Ingram up with 7.4 points. Um, but it's fine. Like, you know what you're getting with these low price tight ends, you know. Outside of Dawson Knox, like, I don't really know that any tight ends, you know, went off. So, uh, Fant had a nice game. But, you know, Schultz had a nice game. But, you know, they weren't really owned. Um, it's just who scores a touchdown and who doesn't. That's tight end. And I'd rather just punt it off and hope for a lockbox you know, touchdown and be able to, you know, fill out the rest of my lineup with guys that I have a lot of confidence. In. So.
0: Here's the top five tight ends on the week uh, outside of the Thursday night game. CJ Uzoma was number one with 26 DraftKings points, but Dawson Knox scored 20.7. Mo Cox scored 19. Dalton Schultz scored 17.8. Max Williams scored 17.6. Mike Gesicki scored 16.7. Travis Kelsey wasn't even in the top 15 tight ends this week. So, uh, you know, I mean, that, that is just tight end. Like Kelsey scored 6.3 points. If people played him, they were just totally stirred. Um, punt off tight end, punt off tight end, Pun off tight end. Okay, getting to our flex and defense spots. So I went with Trooper Hubbard, and this is one that I actually feel terrible about. So I like David Montgomery better in a vacuum. He was projecting better point per dollar. Um, he was 100 cheaper. He was at home as a favorite. And um, I just didn't want to play him because I had Justin Fields already. Um, I did not want two Bears on my team and end up biting the hell out of me. Um, you know, Truba Hubbard was a road dog. I thought he would get a lot of the two-minute work, a lot of the passing down work. He ended up ceding a lot of that to Rodney Smith, who I didn't even think would be active. Um, and Truba Hubbard ended up playing 47% of the snaps. Uh Rodney Smith played 37 and Royce Royce Freeman played 17%. So that is not what I wanted. Um, you know, and this is why. You know, Chuba Hubbard, I was hoping for him to play, you know, 75 to 80 percent of the snaps. And the key word is hoping. I didn't know he would play that. Dave Montgomery was going to play 75 to 80 percent of the snaps. And that was that's that's his role. It's been like that all year. So um, this is kind of the thing where you just lock in certainty. You know that this guy's a home favorite. You know his role. You know that he's good. You know, it's a good matchup. Um, and I should have just went with Dave Montgomery and Montgomery ended up scoring 25. You know, points, Hubbard scored nine,
1: and I got dunked on. Yeah, I mean, Rodney Smith coming in and playing that amount of snaps with five targets, it just killed the upside for Chuba. You know, he didn't end up getting in the box. Darnold ran two more in on the goal line. He's not leading the lead in, in touchdowns. So, I mean, that that's also bad – Uh I don't know. Everything the OC said leading up in the week just made it seem like Chuba was going to have the same Mike Davis role we saw last year when CMC was out. But clearly that did not come to fruition. You know, they were down and throwing a lot in this game, and Chuba wasn't on the field for a lot of that. So, yeah, I was right there. It was a 1v1 between him and Beckham for me. I ended up going with Adele Beckham. I love the spot against, uh, you know, Minnesota. They've been atrocious this year. Their secondary is terrible. No, Jarvis Landry, you know, had a nice total over 50 in this game. You know, Beckham still ended up, you know, seventh in the league in air yards this week. You know, Baker missed him on a wide open freaking touchdown. I watched it live. It was – like, it it doesn't get worse than watching that. Um, You know, seven targets, 22% target share. You want a little bit more than that. But, you know, 144 air yards, like, it's just bad – Just again just bad variance and baker played by far his worst game of the year he looked like complete hell out there um and you know i stand by the spot was really good like the branch should be ashamed of themselves for you know not putting up at least like 24 plus points against this terrible defense like what did they end up scoring like, 11 points like come on yeah. like Just all really bad. So, I mean, just everyone in their lineups from top to bottom outside of Henry just really stunk it up this week. So, some lessons learned and, you know, but a lot of my process I feel okay about. A lot of it means improvement. And then, you know, ended up going with Lions defense. Mainly just because I wasn't going to play the Jets defense because that doesn't correlate with Henry going off. I didn't want to play the Eagles defense because I knew they were going to get trucked. And I thought that fields with his rushing floor, I thought fields could have a solid game while the Lions still giving me, you know, a few points, but ended up the lines defense was fine. They ended up getting like three points, like whatever it's defense, but fields and that with eight. So that sucked. So. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And with my lineup, uh, you know, I played the Eagles, they were 2100 at home. Uh, They actually were the only defense that could have fit. I was not going to play the Jets against Henry. Um, And I I didn't have enough money to even get up to the lines if I wanted to. uh, This lineup was zeroed out. So, um, went with the Eagles. Um, They scored negative one. So, uh, lesson there is don't play defenses against Patrick Mahomes. Um, But, I mean, at the end of the day, defense is defense. Who cares? Uh, But, yeah, lessons learned. Um, Play home favorite running backs when you can over road dogs walk in guys who have certain roles. Don't, you know, hope that you can get a guy that's going to have the role that, you know, that another guy actually has in the case of Dave Montgomery and Truba Hubbard, um, Montgomery was the better play and I I ended up going with Hubbard and that was bad. Um, and then, you know, fading DJ Moore. don't worry about wide receiver cornerback matchups, worry about volume, worry about talent and the rest will sort itself out. Um, I think that's about all we've got. Um, yeah, definitely lessons learned here this week. We got our shit kicked in, but that's the way it goes. And, uh, you know, we try to do better next week. So, do you have any other closing thoughts here?
1: Yeah, I hope people play our windmills because they're the only guys who did anything. You said Joe and Hurts. I said Terry McLaurin. You know, they both completely smashed. Um, and also said Stefan Diggs. He had a decent day. He went well over the bonus. So, um, that's a nice takeaway. But, yeah, one and three. Got to keep chugging along, get the train back on track. Um, and hopefully we'll have a successful, you know, Sunday next week.
0: Yeah, this was uh, definitely a, a big, big humbling experience. You know, there was uh, – in this $25 double up, there's 9,100 people. And uh, we finished about 8,600. So, damn near uh, getting close to last place. So, that, that is uh, good, a humbling experience and definitely – just kind of, um, you're going to have weeks like that. Hopefully you have less weeks um, like this moving forward, but you know we'll try to avoid it. Um, true. Yeah, just brutal, just brutal. So I'm 3-1 and one on the year. This is my first loss that I've taken uh, in cash games. So I'm going to look at my wounds, and we're going to be back on Friday to break down the
1: week five DraftKings main slate. Until then, good luck everybody.